0: Hello listeners, welcome to Revolution Pali Season 2. The Oxford Dictionary defines revolution as a dramatic and wide-reaching change in conditions, attitudes, or oppression. Here in Revolution Pali, we discuss some of these far and wide-reaching changes currently happening in our society or in the past or what we think are uh, has possibilities in the future and we talk about them examine them and try to uh, draw lessons from uh, any of these activities that could have implications for our society so I will be focusing more on the uh, activities and some of the things that I think qualify to be a revolution. Not all activities on the day-to-day uh, society uh, qualifies to be a uh, revolution. So, for, I will be talking more about the revolution in the finance industry called blockchain and cryptocurrency. I know you have heard about it one way or the other and there's so much misconceptions and yes so much um, misinformation around about the blockchain technology which is revolutionizing our society now to start with uh, the blockchain isn't new Uh, in the past decade It's been changing and transforming the way organizations seek to um, confirm activities, transactions, um, contracts, and a lot of other activities that could be considered um, uh, one or more parties being involved in the activities, right? So we have the blockchain tech, uh, which has been around for quite some while now. But the re-event began when an unknown entity uh, with a name called Satoshi Nakamoto uh, published a paper uh, called the Bitcoin Standard or the Bitcoin paper. And published a paper and also get on uh, the newspaper in New York. And uh, this was during the season for uh, uh, the housing crisis in the U.S. or globally. So he made that public in uh, January 2009. And then uh, with that technology set in motion, uh, what we would consider today are cryptocurrency and the blockchain. Now, there's a lot of uh, people who don't believe that this is actually a revolution, right? So, why we want to discuss this is because it actually matches the benchmark for uh, what we could consider a revolution. Remember, uh, we said the Oxford Dictionary's definition. Is widespread uh, changes in operations and systems a uh, thing or issue, right? And if we consider that, that means that we are actually in the middle of a revolution, right? So, and what is this revolution all about? What is this revolution all about? It's about a transformation in the way things are done in the way things are carried out especially in the finance industry because that was the primary objectives for which um, Satoshi Nakamoto actually published his first paper uh, speaking to um, financial institutions and um, saying how they've Disappointed, uh, the economy. Okay, so this revolution began in the uh, digital space, and as a build-up of other uh, revolutions that actually have started in digital space, uh, the blockchain actually came in to catalyze that particular revolution and caused it a major shift in both how things are done and how uh, things are perceived so uh, if you look at the way the revolution started uh, first there's a problem right and this is how most ideas uh, come to bear uh, there's a problem that needs uh, either not just solution or a lasting solution, and the same mechanism for uh, providing revolutionary ideas that could transform how things are done was already put in place. So there was a meltdown uh, in the global financial markets, and then uh, to create a sustainable anti-inflationary uh, tool or monetary system that could help uh, especially what was deemed as a common man uh, to execute more uh, stable or more relatively um, out of reach or control system by the government uh, the Bitcoin was created and since then it's been <laughs> over 10 years since the creation of Bitcoin and that has led to a lot of debates uh, among intellectuals, among government officials, among stakeholders that this revolution could be seen as a threat to the global financial system. Absolutely, they're right. Again, because when you look at the revolution, is a threat to basic ideas, is a threat to already existing systems, is a threat to already existing oper- already existing oppressions. But when you begin to weigh the upsides and the downsides, you could literally zoom into the micro to observe if this threat uh is actually substantiated by um a negative effect in the society or the economy come to make our decisions and in the micro you already have uh, players in that particular space so you have uh, adventurous people you have investors you have uh people in the society who are already uh in the micro right And then in the macro, you have financial institutions, you have government agencies, you have our regulatory agencies or regulatory organizations, standard organizations, or uh, monetary organizations who feel that at a macro level, we we have a problem. But at a micro level, engagement is already um, happening. So when you look at the revolution that uh, the blockchain has brought right now we are currently inside of that revolution so it's like being in the eye of the storm right and whatever actions we take today will determine if we'll come out of the eye of the storm into the storm itself and out of the storm or would actually grow more control of the storm from inside uh, being part of the eye of the storm. So the eye of the storm is the most quiet place or safe place inside of a storm. And that's where or what we have right now in terms of the uh, ideas that the blockchain uh, technology seem to have brought to uh, society or Seems to have brought to most economies. Now, uh, it isn't out of place for you to th- see this as a revolution, because if you look at the history of money, or the uh, w- again, according to uh, certain experts, uh, money determines the world order or the world systems. So money is a tool for critiquing revolutions, right? It is always a centerpiece for determining uh, what the next level would be in the revolution. So take for instance, when uh, paper money was invented, this is believed to have been invented by the Chinese. So let's put ourselves in that time of history. You're a trader who probably trades by butter, understands the butter system very well, uh, or maybe uses calories or whatever they were using then, or pennies and uh, coins. And someone walks up to you with a piece of paper and says, this piece of paper has the backing of the authorities and we can transact business based on this piece of paper. Of course, there will be initial resistance from uh, whoever is involved, the parties involved, uh, sitting on the opposite side of the table, because it is out of the norm, it is out of what you're used to, it is out of the things in your comfort zone. So uh, if you're there, you could probably uh, seek for the arrest of such a person or say, Uh, this person is uh, working against the norm of the society but then again you begin to examine the benefits of using uh, fiat which is paper money one it was easy to carry two it was backed up by the authorities three it was uh, 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 it was divisible to smaller units and so on and so forth and then you see the opportunity and finally make a decision right am i going to make this a store of value or currency for myself or am i going to let this go so the same way the revolution of fiat currency took hold of humanity and changed in commerce engaged in work engaged in Uh, Government affairs are engaged in uh, different aspects of the society. Uh, is the same way that digital currency, maybe with a little twist, is actually leading a revolution. And this could translate to other aspects of our society. Take, for instance, the blockchain technology is now used to build smart contracts, which do not require a third party to execute the contract uh, on the blockchain, okay? And when we talk about smart contracts, they are paperless, they are trustless contracts that irrespective of what the parties think or do, the contract will follow through with uh, the self-guidelines programmed into a set of codes so this makes it easy for uh, us to eliminate a third party potential for cheating potential for lack of transparency and all that stuff and so this is one of the attachments and this is always something that comes with money when there's a transformation or a revolution in terms of money or finances because it plays a major role in our lives then that revolution would permit, all other other aspects of our existence. And this is what we will see going forward. But what is the end game here? Uh, The end game is to make us, uh, yes, most likely more efficient in the way we run our society. And because of the lack of uh, the potential for scarce resources, so the blockchain and the a whole crypto system would allow demand to catch up with uh, scarcity, right, or would allow supply to catch up with scarcity. A lot of the things that uh, the traditional system seem not to address is that there's not enough to go around and a lot of people are comfortable with that because it's okay. It's okay that half of the world population live under a dollar a day. It's okay that certain aspects or certain places in the world uh, do not have enough to consume, uh, less to talk about, to let go or to uh, waste. But the, the world systems forget that as humans, the capacity for redistribution is always there, and as population increases, digital tools will smoothen the redistribution of resources. And this is where uh, crypto is going to play a major role, or blockchain is going to play a major role in resource allocation and redistribution as a larger framework for the revolution. Okay, so. Again, uh, these are all my own two cents and perspectives about uh, how the revolution is going to play out and what I think we need to look out for. So aside the monetary gains that seem to come with a lot of these activities, uh, it's a pointer to the fact that this could translate to wealth for humanity. This could translate to um, an outcome for humanity where only une- inequality and redistribution of uh, either digital resources or uh, global resources could be enjoyed by the society could be enjoyed by people who actually um, uh has stakeholders in uh this redistribution processes so how do we learn from this revolution the lesson is simple so if you're listening to me and you have been asking yourself uh i know there's a revolution coming um how do i be a part of this right So this revolution in blockchain and crypto is really a revolution about individuality and a collective humanity. Now, the reason I say that is, it's kind of like an equilibrium between me, myself, and I, which people call privacy, and us, which people call decentralization so in between these two parties we need an equilibrium okay and the perfect equilibrium we can experience must not have a third party um interference a human third party interference and this is where machines come to play codes programs come to play if it is set between what we agree in the boundaries of what we agree, then privacy and decentralization could interwine and then we we'll see that manifest in different aspects of our society. So, once that begins to happen, uh, wealth will be created. Redistribution can be made possible because you follow the same model and you want to make that happen equality could be made possible. So imagine putting equality on the blockchain, right? So a lot could happen. In fact, uh, as a point of view of mine, I think the world we live in is on the blockchain or it's actually decentralized. So the reason I say it's decentralized is because it's connected but decentralized. Right. And we have a flow, a transformation of how maybe energy or um, elements can change from one form to another, but in a decentralized system. So we're capturing the essence of nature and putting it into um, practice optimally, maybe because of our evolution of consciousness and our evolution of our humanity. And this could be the beginning. So you want to educate yourself in every way possible about the various outcomes and how you could participate in it. Also, you want to document your process, right? And so that generations here to to be born could also enjoy the knowledge you have to process before you go to where you are. Then three, you need to individualize what's happening right now Um, like becoming a creator, becoming an investor, becoming whatever it will be for you to have your hands wrapped around some of the ecosystems that have been built. Now again you must check the philosophy of what the ecosystems is all about before you would actually participate in it, see if they align with your values. But finally, we need to elevate the discourse around this revolution that is coming because it's not just about changing how things are done. It's also about our collective consciousness of how we want humanity to finally play out. So this is my submission on what I think about Uh, the blockchain and crypto revolution that is currently uh, at play and I hope uh, you find yourself uh, maybe a little sport either as being part of the eye of the storm or you could just play in the storm and thank you for coming to my podcast I'd like to hear your thoughts about how this revolution is going to play out don't forget you can hit me up on LinkedIn or follow my LinkedIn on Boy Warami, send me a request. I could accept you. I would accept you. Or you could send me a mail on africa.revolutionpali at gmail.com. i love to hear what you think about this revolution. I could share some of those thoughts on uh, LinkedIn also. I do have a great weekend ahead of you, uh, and I'll see you in our next episode. Cheers.